Brian Smith here, and welcome to the Dream Path Podcast, where I try to get inside the heads of talented creatives from all over the world. My goal is to demystify and humanize the creative process and make it accessible to everyone. Now let's jump in. Jason, welcome back to the Duocast, man. I'm happy to be here, Brian. We're here to talk about last week's episode with Stephanie Mercedes. What a great artist. I was so impressed by that interview. This is truly one of those recaps where you just have to bow down to what Mercedes does and her approach and her vision to art. No, I mean, truly inspirational art, melting down guns into art. And just the premise and the idea of that is just, it blows my mind. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. And she did it in response to this horrific event, this mass shooting in Orlando at the Pulse nightclub. And so it, what, I, what I see happening with all the mass shootings is each one that happens, we become less and less sensitive to the loss. I know. And it's a desensitization of, of America, basically, of the world. And instead of letting that desensitize her, she chose to take action. And she didn't take action politically. So it's not like she started a petition or became a lobbyist or tried to change laws. What she did was try to change hearts. Yes. And the way that you change someone's heart is not through passing a law. And that's obvious. Just you look at our politics today. It doesn't work. No. You say, here's a law, wear a mask. People, <laughs> they don't believe in it. <laughs> they're not going to wear a mask and they're going to think it's tyranny. If they do believe in it, they're going to think everybody who doesn't wear the mask is full of shit. Exactly. So, you know, with regard to guns, one of the most polarizing topics in this country, she approaches this at an angle that really makes everybody kind of open their minds, I think, to the gravity of what is lost in a mass shooting. And she does this in a way that it, it's just, it's not, I don't think it's offensive to even big Second Amendment people. I don't think so either, but I, it, it's truly savage, yeah. I think. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, it is this really aggressive, bold move to yeah. take an assault rifle or a, a shell casing and, and melt it down to, and, and, and reform it, reshape it into something that is artistic. Yeah. Like a bell or a harp string or something like harp that. Harp string. That's my favorite. Yeah. Very cool. And I also found her to be so articulate and fun to talk to without a lot of ego, without any ego. Right. And that's, that's a fun guest to have on the show. That was great. So recently, you received something in the mail that you've been waiting for a long time. What is it? It was the Positive Grid Spark Amp that we talked about on one of our recaps back in May. And for those who haven't listened to that recap, what is the Positive Grid Spark Amp? It's a smart amp. You uh, can change up the amp heads and the effects with your phone with an app through Bluetooth into this amp. And I mean, I've been on a Black Sabbath kick for about, <laughs> it's about a week now. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's great. It sounds awesome. Well, that's exciting. And not only that, but you can access background tracks in the app and play along with them through the amp. And just for, for listeners who don't play electric guitar and don't have amplifiers and aren't geeking out on this stuff, the reason Jason and I are so excited is I have a positive grid amp as well. And the reason I like the amp is that I play alone a lot. Mm -hmm. And this lays down, once you play whatever three chord progression or four chord progression mm -hmm. that you want to come up with, 
it will lay down a drum and bass track for you yeah in in whatever style of music you want right and then you can play lead on your own rhythm track and the bass and and drum track is if is am i describing that correctly uh, it just gives you the bass and drum track. Yeah. It doesn't, you can't lay down any more tracks, but you can take that and do stuff with it right. separately. I was messing with it and I wasn't having very much luck getting it to lock in on a, on a pattern I liked, but I need to mess with it more and maybe come up with better patterns. Right. You know? Well, it's just, it's a really fun thing to have in a house where you don't have friends over mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. And even without the pandemic, you don't have friends over because it's loud to play in a band <laughs> in a house. Oh, man. But this one, you can actually use headphones to sound like and feel like you are playing in a band. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that expensive either. A couple hundred dollars. Yeah, it was only a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a fun little toy. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like was the weight. I mean, I ordered it in May after we did that recap and just got it a couple of weeks ago. So um, they had a little bit of a problem, I think, with manufacturing and overwhelmed with orders. Yeah. They didn't think it was going to be such a cool thing. It's too popular. Yeah, it's extremely popular. Nice problem to have. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And we both watched the same documentary, uh, Joan Jett, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. The Joan Jett documentary on Netflix we watched within the last week or so. What'd you think? I loved it. I love Joan Jett. Joan Jett is, I've been in, well, not totally into Joan Jett, but remember her so vividly in the 80s as being the essence of rock from a female standpoint. Well, Joan Jett, to me, was not really someone I paid attention to other than when I heard her music, I knew that she was one of the most preeminent sort of punk rock type of figures out there who actually was in a pop rock space. And so, when you you look at her posters and her album covers and you look in a magazine layout of you know her her and her band, you get the sense that she's not really trying to be pretty, mm-hmm. but in the process of not trying to be pretty, she's actually really attractive. Oh, yes. <laughs> as, a, as a young boy, you're like, wow, she is a hard rock woman. She's someone who created almost a mythology around her music and her, her attitude toward performing because she really wasn't trying to be feminine. Mm-hmm. like a lot of uh, female singers were back then. Right. She was really going for rock and roll that could stand up next to any male rock band in that era. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was later on found The Runaways and realized that she was in The Runaways. This was back when I was still a kid and, and I I like their music too. Yeah. Well, the, the documentary really covers a lot of ground with The Runaways. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much about how hard she worked to get to where she was at in the 80s and where she's at today. Right. And also seeing how much respect she garnered amongst her peers Mm -hmm. and how much she gave back to younger musicians, young female musicians, and producing their albums and just really selfless toward other musicians. Right. And uh, just, I have a whole new respect for her after watching that documentary. It really was a hard road for her. The record labels didn't think that that was going to be a thing at all. Didn't help them out at all. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of bands got taken advantage of back then. I just meant the fact that they were female. I think that they kind of were laughed at, you know, in yeah, terms of- Yeah, not taken seriously. Exactly. Yeah, this is just a, a gimmick or something yep. like that. But then you realize that she has the staying power of a true rock star Yep. for decades. Still doing it. Yeah, still doing it. 
I remember she came, she performed at the Yakima Fairgrounds. That's right. Yeah. She played at the Capitol Theater one year, too. And uh, my cousin, Elaine, uh, got to go and meet her. So oh, that cool. was like a highlight of her life. Yeah. My memory of Joan Jett as a child, my most prominent memory is Magic Wheels, mm. <laughs> roller skating yeah. at the roller rink, and hearing Joan Jett every time I Love Rock and Roll came on. It was, uh, it was a fast skate song. So they'd let you yeah. skate fast and you could shoot the duck and <laughs> do all kinds of tricks on your roller skates. I had one trick. It was called running into a wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those were good times at Magic Wheels. Oh, yes. Magic Wheels. And then recently, I wanted to tell you how excited I am about this interview that I did this week. I sent you the audio on it, but it's an interview with Neil Preston, rock photographer. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear what you think about the interview once you're done editing, because Neil is someone that I did not expect him to say yes when I asked him for an interview. Yeah. He's just this iconic, I mean, he's behind the scenes. Some folks probably don't know who Neil is. In fact, maybe most of my listeners don't know who he is. But if you see any of his photographs of Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, James Brown, R.E.M., Ozzy Osbourne, uh, the you, who the who i mean bob marley bob dylan bob marley this guy was he was part of the fabric of rock and roll history yeah he created the fabric of rock and roll history visually by taking candid photographs backstage at concerts traveling on tour for weeks and months at a time with huge acts like led zeppelin and the who and he put together this book called neil preston exhilarated and exhausted. <laughs> and I have it here in front of me. I just showed it to you when you walked it's in. Such an amazing book. It's a coffee table book, but actually I read it cover to cover. I've never done that with a coffee table book before. What I mean by a coffee table book is, you know, very large, thick, glossy book filled with a lot of great pictures that you may keep on a coffee table. But this one actually is filled with not just photographs, but stories behind those photographs. Amazing. Uh, and so many stories. This guy's been doing it for 50 years. Dang. So he started in the late 60s, best friends with Cameron Crowe. And he said yes. He wanted to be on the show. He wanted to promote his new book coming out in October, which is a Queen book. So it's just Queen photographs of them on tour and backstage and candids. And he's super excited to be promoting that. And he's kind of on this promotion kick right now. And, and he agreed to talk to me. But that's, that'll be coming out late September, early October. Really excited to hear what listeners think about that interview. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that's far ways out yet. But be staying tuned on that one because it's a good interview. Yeah. I, yeah. I listened to part of it and there's, there's some pretty funny stories in there. He is a storyteller, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's some stories in there of things that went down on tour that would never happen today. No. On tour. Because people would go to jail if it happened. <laughs> so it was a different era, and it was fun to hear him talk about all those stories. So what do we have coming up next uh, besides the Neil Preston interview in October? Uh, we have an interview with Andrea Such coming up. Andrea, yeah, she is an actress. She has a really interesting side hustle. Mm -hmm. She acted as a series regular on a show called Claws with Dean Norris, and she, she has been in a John Wick movie with Keanu Reeves. She's a working actress, and she has a lot of interesting roles. But what makes Andrea even more interesting is that she is a therapist mm. and a social worker, and she uses psychotherapy and 
acting as part of her therapy. Mm -hmm. And she has workshops. She helps clients work through issues that require therapy. Mm -hmm. And she does that in a way that's really unique. And the way that her therapy practice and her acting kind of merge in a way in terms of those two disciplines and the tools that she uses for each of those careers mm -hmm. is really interesting. And so it was, it was a fun interview. We ended up talking a lot about the pandemic and just the emotional ramifications of the pandemic. Right. So we really veered off course from what I thought we were going to talk about, which was her career, but it was still a fun conversation. Oh, it turned out great. So what do you think about giving this positive grid amp a test run on mic? Oh, hey, why not? All right, let's give it a go. Let's do it. 